Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 171 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. So we got some updates to give you guys. I'm setting up a new situation with the green screen. I'm testing it out here on this episode of the podcast to see if it'll work for future reviews and stuff because I really feel like I've been doing reviews and then I put it on pause because I, I really do want to set up the green screen. I, f I feel like it's part of my branding. A lot of people said they didn't care, but I kind of feel like it's part of my shtick. So I decided to get a new green screen. I'm just working out the lighting. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how this goes. But today, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I want to talk about the affiliate link in the description below. Click on it. Use coupon code Lucy, a.k.a. Mr. Odd Oink's dog, one of his dogs, Lucy, yes. for an additional savings on most of the products that you can find using the affiliate link in the description below. And also, we have to talk about our good friends over at Luxury Brands of America. They are introducing, they have introduced the new limited edition Rainforest Retro 51 Luxury Brands exclusive Tornado Rollerball Pen. It has animals of the rainforest wrapping around the pen and a tree frog perched on the finial. This Retro 51 is sure to be one of a kind. <laughs> a portion of the proceeds from the purchase of this pen will be donated to the Rainforest Trust to help protect endangered animals and landscapes around the world. They are limited to 500 pieces. There, I spoke to Bryce a couple days ago. They are about 75% sold out. They have Sweet. some left, so make sure you check out and purchase directly this pen at luxurybrandsusa.com slash product slash retro 51. If you can't remember that, no problem. We're going to leave the link in the description below. It is a cute pen designed by my good friends over at Luxury Brands of America. It's got cute animals and leaves and a frog. What I also like about this pen is the furniture, the clip, the finial, and that little cone piece at the end. It's not brushed, but it's kind of like a matte gold color, which is unique. I haven't seen that in many of the Retro 51s. So it looks great make put sure together. You, yeah, it, it looks, looks very, very nice. well put together, very solid, as are all Retro 51 rollerball pens. So I've been on the go a lot, and I've been in situations where fountain pen is not the most practical writing instrument. Mm -hmm. So I find that my retro rollerballs come oh, yeah. in handy. They certainly oh, yeah. do come in handy. And what I like about it even more is that no one else has them where I work. So for me, it's like a unique pen. Nobody can get away with borrowing my pen and then accidentally keeping it because fountain pen or whatever pen, if you have one of my pens, everybody knows. Which so, one are you carrying around with you, the retro? So I, I have a couple. I have the limited edition that Goldspot released. I think it's the New York City at Christmas time. It has like Oh, okay. The yeah, I, I carry that one around. I yes. also carry around one I got a while ago. It's it's really cool. It's the Police Memorial edition one. It has like a die cast badge on it and it has the whole thing looks like a generic looking police car. Uh, so I ha I carry those two around. Those I thought fun. you would have the Mozart for sure. So the Mozart I have, and I don't touch it. I kind of just like have it there, and I uh, look at it. It's like I can see it right now. 
The pencil my wife uses for her music lessons when she teaches, she marks up the manuscript and stuff like that. So that one became hers, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So That's how it happens whenever. It's okay. It's No, we're married, so it's not stealing. What's mine is hers and what's hers is hers. Yes. So the way it happens is it's the most adorable thing. I'll show her something that I get that's new. And if she wants it, she just grabs it and goes, okay, thank you. It's mine now. And that's the end of the discussion. That's, that's, that's it. it. Yep. Yeah. Have you so, ever done that to her? There's nothing that she gets there's that I want, <laughs> right? Like if she ever came home with like a brand new Nintendo Switch game or a PlayStation 5 game, mm -hmm. then I probably would. But the chances of that happening are pretty slim to none. Yeah. 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 So... If I told her to go into GameStop and buy a good game, she wouldn't even know where to start, right? Mm. So, Well, I mean, if you're going to not write with a fountain pen, I think you could do a lot worse than write with a Retro 51. No, I think the, the Retro, train, the yeah, the Retro 51 yeah. is the go-to if I'm not writing with a fountain pen. Mm. And I do want to get my hands on one of the Rainforest ones, so I got to hit up Bryce for that. But yeah, I like my retro fifty ones. They're they're quick. They're not fountain pens. I think Brian Goulet he always talks about them being honorary fountain pens. I don't really buy that, but I will use it if I need something to press through carbon paper. I will use it if I have to sign documents that are printed out on toilet paper, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So anyway, check out the affiliate link to Goldspot, use coupon code Lucy, and make sure you check out the Retro 51 Rainforest pen by our good friends over at Luxury Brands. Now, I also want to plug something else today. Obviously, it's not a sponsor, sponsored product, but I feel like this product is particularly special, not just special because of what it is, but because of who made it and the brand behind it and who designed it. And who sells it? So what, what I'm going to talk about today, about? I'm going to give you four guesses. Ready? Ready Guess number uh, one, go. I, I don't know. I'm totally lost. Okay. It is <laughs> a new, very brand spanking, exclusive, endless recorder designed by none other than the odd oink. <laughs> It is the Ink Journal exclusive endless recorder available exclusively, and I said exclusive many times, exclusively at inkjournal.com. Tom, would you raise up the book so everybody can see it? I, I just wait. Before we do this, Okay. I don't, you're, you're not going to send me a bill for a sponsorship on the podcast, are you? <laughs> no, because it would, it would be counterproductive, right? Because, I mean, the, the odd oink is, is a dozen dollar industry, so you know, <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't think I could afford a, a sponsorship uh, right. read on the, on the Pentertainment podcast, but this is, I mean, I'm trying to put it in my view here so you can see it, but this is... Uh, so this what is I love the, about it... It looks like your standard endless recorder, except at the bottom you have ink journal, like stamped into the notebook, right? Debossed it uses, in there. Debossed. That's what they call it. Debossed. It's debossed. It has your bondage strap to keep the, the covers closed. Yep. And inside you have your same, whatever they call the new brand of paper, but you got some printing on the inside, which looks cool. So he has it set up for ink swashes and stuff like that. So you could index. This is the ink decks. Ink decks. Then, How many pages is the ink decks? 
So the so it breaks down like this. So you could actually ink decks all 140 inks that you then can review on the single page reviews. So there's 140 mm -hmm. pages of these single style page reviews front and back here. Mm -hmm. And then you could then catalog and that's what the little if you could see it there. I don't know if you can, but I'm, I'm blocking the camera, but um, the little page marker symbol there is for what you could write the page number that the full ink review is on. So you mm. could have this core, you could have the ink index correspond with then the page number, which is this page 30. It starts the single page reviews. And then in the back, you could follow along for 30 inks, 30 days. This is a two page format so that you could do the whole entire 30 days. And then if you really want to do 31, there's the last day on there is kind of split in half like a calendar would be. So you could do like 30 and 31 on the very end of it. Right. So. so my notebook is out for delivery right now. So I don't actually have it in front of me. What about the rest of the pages? Are the, uh, is the whole notebook dedicated to ink swashes and ink samples? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or so you got the, is there any? You, so that's it. It's just basically it's the ink swatches and then you have the ink deck. So it's a completely, it's all about cataloging fountain pen ink and pen combinations, nib right. combinations, so this is, whatever. So this is not your standard dot a five size dot notebook. This is not lined. This is dedicated exclusively to 30 inks, 30 days. It's dedicated exclusively to ink samples and ink swashes. This is available at inkjournal.com for $19.99. $27. Like, $27. I don't know where I got $19.99. I don't know what you're trying to undersell my product for. <laughs> it's $27 at inkjournal.com. And What's really cool about it also, other than, than being great paper, is the, well, the great paper is what makes it cool because, yeah, because it is ink resistant so you can really get good shading and sheens and whatnot. Uh, this is $27.99. These will $27. not end up. Right, $27. Let's just say 27 flat. These are not going to be included in any ink journal flights, ink journal no. flights in the future. No, yeah. Okay. So, so like we're not. We're, uh, that would kind of be messed up to be like, oh yeah, you could go buy the, and then for everybody that's part of the ink flight, would then get one included in the yeah. ink flight that just okay. doesn't work out. So another another question: Is the cover like denim felt type cover? Is it sticker friendly or not? It's the same sticker friendly type of cover that you have with any endless notebook, um, the endless recorder notebooks. That is. Not the planners. Mm -hmm. The planners, remember, we had the discussion about the planners, and they were kind of right. like a little felty, I think, right? But this mm -hmm. has got the leatherette type of color uh, cover that you could easily put stickers on. I just, because these were just arrived this week, I didn't get a chance to do my sticker thing with it yet. And I kind of okay. figured you'd want to see what it looks like before all the sticker craziness happens. And, you know, it's relatively new, so. Great. So can we offer people who put in the comments of their order, hashtag fire Tom, a Pendertainment sticker to go with the notebook? We could do something. Yeah, we could do something along those lines. So I could probably uh, put some stickers in there or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah. so throw in the comments of your order for this notebook, hashtag fire Tom, and Tom will hook you up with some stickers that you can paste on to your brand new ink journal ink sampler slash swasher slash logger slash 31, 30 days, 30 inks notebook. 
unsurprisingly, the color of the notebook is your turquoisey looking notebook. I like it. it. It is. And what happened was it was because of the book band, actually. So Endless has this book band on all of the recorders, and it's this light blue color. Mm-hmm. But they have it contrasting with a black cover, the mountain white, the green, the mm-hmm. red. So I said, why not do one that's completely monochrome, you know, so have it so that the, the cover band matches the cover. So I think mm. that would look pretty cool. And like you said, it's kind of my co- color anyway. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, it was a, it was a editorial decision on my part that I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to make a notebook and it's uniquely mine, I'm going to make it the color that I like the most. So Cool. Cool. All right. So. Yeah. Check those things out. I want to get started with this week's episode of the Penboy Warrior Entertainment Podcast. But before we get started, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. So very quick, unpenulated, I just want to show off my new device. My new device that your wife hasn't been able to get her hands on just mm. yet because she ordered the signature. I got myself a new Kindle, paper white. doesn't look like paper, and it's not really white. It's still that gray, grayish look, but it's 6.8 inches, and you can download a bunch of books on it. It's like 8 gigs. It's like a small capacity, I guess, real, but if you're only reading books, you can read a lot. You know what I plan on getting on this I want to get several books that I want to get. So I, some of them don't come with the Kindle Unlimited. Okay. But the books I plan on getting is I want to re- read okay. One Second After. Do you remember Again? that book? Yes. Yeah. And then I want to get the rest of the books. Uh, the so there's series. there's three more books. The fourth mm-hmm. one, rather, hasn't come out yet. It's coming out later. But I do want to read the entire series, mm-hmm. the story of John Matherson. And I think it's a good, it's fiction. It's a novel. I also want to. It's a post-apocalyptic type of book. I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic. Yes, I would definitely put it in that category because it basically, to summarize it for our audience, it's what happens if a, it's what happens to American society if an EMP. So basically electromagnetic pulse happens because of let's say an atomic weapon is detonated up in the atmosphere and the pulse res- the coming from that detonation then wipes out all the electronics which we rely heavily on for everything mm-hmm. and reverts us back to the 1800s basically and yeah. what happens right after that's why it says one second after it's like this is what happens right after that moment and the struggle of survival and what what it's basically like a thought experiment on what would then happen right after that point. Yeah. What I like about this book is it's very relatable because all the things that we rely on, we relate to those things. And then when they're not there all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck do we do? That kind of thing. And I find that the book was, you know, touched on a lot of relatable subjects that as well as like, how people have to scramble, get their mm. shit straight, but no matter, sometimes they just can't catch up. We're just too reliant on all these things that it yeah. just didn't work. But yeah, I want to reread the first book. I want to go into the second, third, fourth. It's by William Forston. I also want to get, I want to re-download 
re-download the book that I, I read. Well, I not re-download. I got the hard copy of Yoon Mi Park. She's a defector of North Korea and her chronicle of that. And then she's also coming out with another book, which is I'm looking forward to that as well. And I can't really think of anything else. So I just spent $100, $150 on an e-reader, and I don't have any plans to read stuff. One thing right? I would recommend is get Libby. It's an app that I think that's that's what my wife's planning on getting when she gets hers is mm -hmm. well we use it already for downloading audiobooks and Libby works through the library. So you put in your library card and you're able to access magazines, books. You're able to take it out as if it was the library. So you could take it out for two weeks. If it's on hold by other people, you have to join a wait list and then you have it for two weeks and you have to bring it back. But it's all free because it's included with your participation in the library with your library card. I'm confused. So download an app to borrow so, books, but you got to give them back. Right. So it's basically you download Libby, you use your library card to log into Libby, and then Libby lets you access a whole lot of eBooks, audiobooks, magazines. Like so, so for the Kindle, it would work out where you could download the eBooks and then read them on the Kindle, but it has to go back in two weeks. Otherwise you have, or you could renew it if no one else is waiting for it you would get it right away back again. You can continue on. But if you download it, why do you have to return a download? I don't understand that. Because that's just the way it works. They only have X amount of copies of, let's say, an audiobook or a given book. And when those copies are like checked out, even though they're not physical, they're still digital downloads, that you would have it, but it's temporary. You'd have to give it back. Yeah, it's it, but just this, this is how it works. I'm just telling you how it works. I'm uh, wait, telling wait, you wait. how to get stuff for free. That's no, basically no, no. I'm I, trying to tell you how to get I, stuff. Again, I just I don't understand. If you're downloading a digital, like, it, right. isn't a digital copy infinite? Like, well, no, because like you're not you're not actually downloading the file. You're accessing it through Libby. So Libby allows you to view this whatever it is that you're reading. And then when the time is up, then it returns it back and you can't look at it anymore. Okay. But you don't actually have the file. Like the file does not download to your device. Like you're able to just view it and listen to it, whatever. And then you have to give it back. As I've been listening to audiobooks that way, I use my phone with it all the time. So I have, uh, I have the next uh, Brandon Sanderson book in the uh, Stormlight Archive, uh, which is what's it called words of radiance and i'm going through that i'm listening to it actually right now no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm listening to uh that audiobook and uh it's like 48 hours long and it's it's but it's a lot of fun mm. it's a fantasy book so yeah yeah but i have to give it so back I in got, about a week you know i got the i got the kindle because i was reading on my ipad in bed before i go to sleep right but i noticed that the iPad tires my eyes out because of the blue light. Right. And also the blue light st stimulates that part of your brain that makes you wake up. Keep you, yeah, it'll keep yeah. you awake. So you're not going to have to sleep. Yeah, and it prevents your body from making melatonin. But the, the Kindle kind of doesn't have that blue light. So I find that it's easier to read, less tiring, and I'm able to fall asleep better, which is – which is a good thing. You're talking about audiobooks. Yes. I want to know something uh, in your opinion. I'm sure there's a scientific study out there that answers this question, but I want to know your opinion. And I want us both to not know the scientific study. I don't know it, but 
Do you think reading a book is as intellectually, I guess, stimulating as Asian. listening to an audiobook? Well, I found that it works for certain types of materials. It works better in narrative type of stories. So if you're listening mm -hmm. to a fiction story, like for example, One Second After, I think it would work in that case. But for something where you're learning, uh, like something that's a little bit more technical, uh, maybe you'd want to take more notes about it because it has it's very dense with information. It's not that great with because I find myself having to like wishing I could have gone back and let's say taken a note about something. But mm -hmm. when you're listening to a story that is very narrative driven and has a clear beginning, middle point and end point, like it's it's really easy to read. So it's, it's like more for entertainment, I would feel. Um, although I have read, uh, I have listened to a lot of audiobooks that are, let's say, self-help or financial books and things like that. But I usually find that I struggle more with the academic side because I do wish that instead of just kind of listening to it, that I could also be writing notes. And what I've been doing a lot recently is when I'm reading a physical book, I'll actually use my phone. I have my phone nearby. And if I find an interesting passage that I want to copy down, I'll actually use the scan uh, text feature in the Notes app for the for Apple for iPhone, and it will scan. It'll do optical character recognition, scan the page, mm -hmm. copy the paragraph of text or whatever that I want to, and then just dump it in that Notes file, which is mm -hmm. really awesome because then I could refer to that stuff anytime, and I can actually search it using the keywords and it'll read it into the, into the notes app. So it's, it's pretty mm. cool that way, but I can't do that with audiobooks Cause especially if I'm doing something else, which is what I usually would do with audiobooks, is I'm, I'm either washing dishes, I'm driving, I'm, I'm, you know, doing yard work outside or whatever. I'm not able to just all of a sudden stop everything and be like, Oh, I need to jot what I just heard down. Like I just would just keep listening. You know, it's more, a little right. bit more passive in that regard. I mean, what I, what I mean is like, like reading is like push-ups for the brain, mm -hmm. right? So do you think that reading is a better push-up for the brain than an audiobook is for the brain? I kind of feel that retention is both very similar. But like I said, I think if the information is more dense and more academic or, or things that you may want to apply in your own life, it, like some of the things you'd be like, oh, you know, I should really try this out or, or maybe I should consider this for later thought. Mm -hmm. I feel that the physical, having actually physically read it is more beneficial than the audio aspect because I feel that that stuff just then kind of gets moved on and you're just already mm -hmm. starting to think about the next thing that they're talking about. But I kind of feel as far as, because like I, I've read also same books that my wife has read too. And comprehension and being able to talk about the book and the story and the characters and how we felt about them is the same thing as if we read it, like physically oh. read it. So, mm. so like you could read, we could read both the same story, have a complete full blown discussion about it, and then felt like as though we've not lost anything in mm. listening to it versus reading it. Right. So when you finish an audio book, do you tell people just for like ease of conversation that you read a book or did you do you actually just say I audiobooked a book um I usually say that either I listened to it or I just read it 
because I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a weird distinction to be like, yeah, I read that, but you didn't read it, you listened to it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I felt like it's close enough that you could just say I read it because mm. if you that's what I was, say, I was saying like if you if I needed to do a book report on a particular book. I could do it. I could talk about the book. But then if you were to say, oh, well, you need to cite passages and tell me, you know, what exactly was said in that, you would be lost because you'd be like, I don't know. I, I forget what page. I don't. They don't say page numbers. It's just they just keep right. going. They say like chapter one, blah, 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 blah. So it's like you would need to then have a physical copy to refer to if you needed to pull specific quotes out. But mm-hmm. to just be able to talk about the book and one person read it, other person listened to it. Like I could have a full blown conversation. We would ha- we'd be talking about the same things. Yeah, I hear you. I kind of I kind of feel like though reading it yourself as opposed to an audiobook is better, especially for fiction. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially, especially for fiction, because then, like for example, in one second after there was that female character, right? They describe her. If if there was an audio book and they, they used a voice for that female character, mm-hmm. that's influencing what I think she looks and sounds like. I kind of like gotcha. the ability to make that character look exactly what I want them to look like in my head, in which most cases all female characters in books look like Elizabeth Olsen or Kristen Stewart, right? Well, and then for, for some I, reason... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I totally feel, feel you with the... Uh, so the narrator has to do a good job. That's mm-hmm. uh, that is definitely a, uh, a concern when you have an audiobook. And I've listened to a couple of them where the narrator was just like, Oh man, this is just awful, awful to listen to. But the, but like some, most of them, I feel like they do an awesome job at being able to throw their voice. And it just, it really does feel like you're a kid again. And you're just like, you're like tucked in, you're just waiting for, you know, the, like a, a story to be read to you and you're just like totally enthralled in the story. And you're just listening to like, I just kind of feel that that's the vibe that I get, especially because they're so professional in being able to throw their voices. But I, yeah, the one I'm reading right now. So you have a, a female narrator and you have a male narrator. And typically when the perspective of the story shifts from the, the from the one female main character mm-hmm. to the male main character, then they will switch narrators but still if a female character within the male narrative part speaks or vice versa then they have to throw their voice because it's like oh they want to give this like this woman that they that the the male narrator is trying to talk as with like a, a seductive breathy voice like he's mm-hmm. trying He's trying to do it, but like you could just tell us, it's like, well, this is not, you know, this is not what I would, let's say, imagine if you were reading it, of course, but, you mm-hmm. know. So I guess then in that case, the narrators have to be actors too. They do. Otherwise, Absolutely. they can. Voice actors, yeah. Yeah. In that case, if I have an audiobook, then I want David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake <laughs> in the Metal Gear Solid games, to be the voice of of all the male characters. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but that remember wasn't, the voice? It wasn't like one of my favorites, but I do remember playing really? it way, way back in the day. Yeah. You're a nerd <laughs> dork. I, I still love you. Final but... Fantasy seven for like 400 hours or however many. Was, yeah, was, that I was remember. like one of my jams. Yeah. But yeah, solid snake. 
he's going to be the voice of all the male characters in every every audiobook. I mean, I don't plan on doing audiobooks, so but I don't know. I feel like reading it is is more of a exercise for my weak brain. Mm. So I, I think, think my... just try it. give it a try because I mean I think when you get exposed to Libby and you're if you're downloading it on your uh, Kindle, you can uh, download yeah. apps onto the Kindle. Kindle. I, th- I, I think so. I'm pretty sure you could probably access the Kindle store and then probably Libby. Uh, then there's maybe a few other ones that are related to uh, you know audiobooks and stuff or or regular books. Um, but even on your phone, if you put on put Libby on your phone. Put in your library card and then just download an audiobook and see what it's like compared to reading it in mm. person. So, yeah, because I, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised to see that you could actually get more. Because, like, cause like, like I said, if there's just certain circumstances when having a book physically present and, and looking at it is just not that feasible for me, but I can mm-hmm. listen to it. So that's where that's where I could, like, if I'm busy doing something else. And I'm using my hands, but it's not something I have to be mentally engaged in. I could mm-hmm. listen to I could listen to a story at the same time and be able to, you know, enjoy myself doing it that way. So, hmm, interesting. Okay, yes. so let's Pretty talk much. some pens. What have we got this week? What have we got this week? Um, I remember that time. Remember that time long time ago where like every week we're going to do a pen of the week and then we just oh, forgot we have, to do we it. We have kind of been doing that. No, um, what what was the pen of the week last week? Well, I we haven't given it to, any thought. Uh, we were talking to uh, Ben from Gravitas. Right. So so we can't really do a pen of the week if we're talking to Ben from Gravitas because, oh, look at that. Okay, dog of the week. Is that Lucy? This is Aria. Aria, look at that little paw. She's so cute. But speaking of which, that dog is really cute. I just want to boop her nose. But do you know? do you know that there's a phenomenon out there and it's a real thing? It's called mm-hmm. cute aggression. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm serious, man. Look it up right now. Cute aggression. Is that that um that's that TikTok trend where like they were they pet the dogs and it good starts off like soft at first, but then like they start petting them like more aggressively and like the dogs look like they're getting battered. <laughs> no, I, I never I've never seen those, but no. cute aggression, if you look it up, is it's like a psychological phenomenon where someone experiences something so cute that they can't emotionally cope with it. Mm-hmm. So without even meaning to, their like emotions sends in an opposing emotion to balance out, right? So like the cute emotion is going too far, so they got to send in anger. Your brain sends in anger <laughs> so that way you can cope. That's called cute aggression. And okay. symptoms of cute aggression is when like something is so cute you just want like to punch a wall, or or just like you want to like pinch the cheeks really hard, you yeah, know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you want. So they say they say what I was reading is when somebody is experiencing cute aggression, they have an urge to punch walls, squeeze the cute thing, or they can't. It's it's just like a weird like. Like if something's cute, you should be super gentle, right? But mm-hmm. it's so cute, you go nuts, and then yeah. you actually get aggressive. It's called cute aggression. I'm not joking. I didn't know it's, it's called re- something that, but I totally feel it. Yes, I, yeah, I understand it very well. What is this? You look mm-hmm. cute. You're so cute. Yeah. You're on a podcast right now. I <laughs> you. So what pen have you been writing with for the last week? Uh, a few of them. Yeah. Uh, opening what do up we got? Pen case. So. Four. I got four of them here. 
So we I got have. you got your overpriced blue, my blue fucking Lamy two thousand. Yeah, you got your Lamy two thousand. Got the Leonardo Momento Zero. Mm-hmm. It's one of my faves, and I got the and Gravitas you... acrylic vac, and mm-hmm. I have the Caveco Sport in the iridescent. How come you didn't send me the acrylic vac? Because I kept it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, I really do like the whatever this one is called. That's the uh, Micarta. That's the yeah, the Micarta. Yeah. And the nib is not a Yovo nib. They make those. They make the nibs themselves, or they have them sourced, or something like that. Is that what he said? I believe I can't remember. so. Yeah, I think he's he kind of was a little obscure vague on about that. it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't pick up on the obscurity. Otherwise, I would have called him out on it. But you know what I really do appreciate about Ben from Gravitas is. Like, you know how busy I am and how, like, exhausted I am sometimes because I got long days and stuff. I see these awesome comments and questions and statements on the YouTube video. And I'm like, all right, I'll get to them later. I'm just so exhausted. I can't think to type. And Ben's been on top of it. He's been answering everybody's questions on the YouTube podcast video. Which is, yeah, which is really great. Somebody asks a question. It's like, oh, I I want this guy to get his answer. So I'll just screenshot it and send it to Ben and then Ben will answer it. Which mm-hmm. I think is great, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, so I've been using the, I've been using the Gravitas Macarta at my desk. That's really the only pen I've been using. And then, like, when I'm just bored and I have nothing productive in terms of writing to do, I'll just flex write the Scribo feel and the Mont Blanc 146. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much, that's pretty much all I've been doing. I'll tell you a funny story also. So at work, I gave a guy that I work with a bottle of Paniter blue. Okay. And I remember when I first got the bottle of Paniter blue, I thought this is just the most standard, uninteresting blue I have ever seen. I'm just going to give it away, which is what I did do. But then I see him using it in his Peter draws narwhal pen. Mm -hmm. And it looks fantastic in that pen. <laughs> like when he, because you know the narwhal pens are a little bit more watery, a little bit more wet mm-hmm. than uh, the standard the standard Yovo sim- or like similar that. nib yeah. size, right? So it lays down more, and it looks so awesome in the pen. And when he writes with it, it's just the ink looks awesome. So I didn't want to be like, hey, uh, give know, that back. Can I just get like a fill of that just to? <laughs> No, I so I, I I I can't do it because I have too much like I got a weird stupid pride in that area where mm-hmm. I'm like nope nope I already gave it away it's not it's not coming back to me it is what it is I'll buy another bottle if I have to yeah it is so, strange that sometimes it just it could just be a different change of the nib or the change of the pen and then an ink looks a lot different mm-hmm yeah yeah I, all right you want to go over some comments sure sure. I just also wanted to let you know, too, is that you said you had the 146. I actually sent my 146 to Okamundo last week. What for? For the the Urushi and Rodden awesomeness that Okamundo is capable of doing. Oh, the same thing you did with Riallo, the 1911 Sailor Riallo. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm getting that done on the 146. A different style altogether. What's it going to cost you? Uh, It's probably... My guess is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like four hundred or so. I think four mm. four fifty around there. But I mean, it just goes from just a regular black resin pen with gold trim to a work of art. And for what you would normally pay for any other pen, a Namiki, 
a whatever a Tasha and things like that. If you if you put Rod in and Arushi and all that awesome stuff on a pen, you're gonna pay, you know, within easily like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. Especially mm-hmm. if you're like if you're talking like Monte Grappa, it might as well just mortgage your house. But the <laughs> but like you know when it comes to like a pen that you already have, mm-hmm. like I had the one forty six and it's just a black resin pen and I'd seen quite a few of them on Bocomundo's Instagram page all customed up and everything and I was like you know what that's my next one that I will do is the 146 and uh, mm. you know I'll, I'll definitely document when it comes in and, and show you what that's all about but I, I was very pleased from last year from doing it and you could just tell that Bocomundo does a great job and that it's like the work is just outstanding that I put my request in was I think a couple months after I got my pen and it mm-hmm. took another 10 months to then be ready to send my next pen in. So it's just like, if you want it, you have to be prepared to wait at least 10 months to a year in order for your turn to come up. So, but it's good though, because then I could save up and be able to be ready for the expense of it by the time that I need to send my pen. So you sent your pen to get this rodden put on put on it to Japan, yeah. and you're now ready to wait ten months. That's, that's oh no no no! That's I had year. I waited ten months from when I requested it. So now my turn has come. I'll probably oh, be waiting okay. another month or so because I think it was about a month or so uh, lead time from when Pokemonda uh, receives the pen to when it's finished and ready to ship back. It was about like a month or two. So you definitely don't recommend this for someone to do if their pen is still under warranty, right? Uh, yeah, it probably, it definitely would void the warranty, I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once, once they see that you've customized the pen, it's like, you know, well, I, I can't cover this. It's like the, if the cap's cracked, right. I'm not going to be able to cover it because it's already, yeah, but the Mont Blanc that I had, it was a, it was already uh, like, yeah, it's old, already, so. it's already doesn't have a warranty, but I think we have to consider something else here too. Let's say you need the Mont Blanc serviced. Mont Blanc can turn around and say, we're not even going to service this, even if you're going to pay us to service it. Right. Because of the modifications you made to the pen, right? Yeah. But if it was maybe related to the filling mechanism or just the nib, uh, maybe they might be able to help out or just take it to somebody who does specializes in pen repair. Like somebody who's mm, like a nib or if it's a nib issue or somebody who might be able to handle filling systems and things like that. Somebody who's familiar with a Mont Blanc might be able to right. it. Right. But my point is they have the, you, you now give them the right to refuse. You, you, you might. So you do have to right. take care of it. Yeah. And make sure that right. hopefully nothing goes So, wrong. I mean, I just think it's, I just think, yeah, I just think that it's interesting because if you're going to do this, then do it, but don't expect any warranty service, whether you pay for it or not afterwards, right? Well, I mean, at least if something goes wrong with it, you still have a very, very fancy paperweight so, <laughs> that you paid lots you of money just, for. You could just adore it. You could just put it, like, let's say, in a case like on your wall or something and then just be like, mm-hmm. you know what? It doesn't work anymore, but it looks gorgeous. So Yeah. Hey, so you're going to get a green screen also like I did? I might. It depends on – I want to see what this looks like when you do it in post. And, you know, we can mm. even do, like, different backgrounds and stuff. So it would be pretty cool to see what that or looks like. Or we can like. just do the same background. Or we could. Right. But, you know. 
I'm just going to use the review background, the metallic walls with the metal flooring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or we could switch it up every we, week or something. Yeah, or we could use the podcast logo that you made for us, the original yeah. one, right? Or we could do like fan art. So like one episode, we could do a uh, uh, an e-bear drawing and another episode we could do uh, Karina, like one of the like Wonder Woman drawings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so I like be, that. Yeah, it'd be like a lot of being able to play around with it because she's so good at drawing wonder woman because she draws wonder woman all the time over and over and over again and i have over here she made a drawing for me of wonder woman and captain america and i don't want to yeah i really want to show it but i kind of don't want to all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to grab it i you gotta you gotta see it it's 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 really awesome it's one, like, I, I love it when people send me stuff, and I'm being very careful with it because I don't want to, I want to take it out, so. Yeah, this it is it very right here. delicate because it's on a, uh. Yeah. Oh, that it's looks awesome. It's on cardstock, but look at that. Look at, look at, look at this drawing that she did. That is amazing. She, so I asked her for a drawing of, one of her drawings of Wonder Woman, right? I was like can you send me one of your drawings? And she's like, yeah, sure. Did she send this to you to send to me? I think uh, she did. I don't think so because I don't remember yeah. seeing that one. Yeah, no, it, it was addressed to Penboy Roy at, in Kingsburg, New Jersey. Oh, uh, okay. And then you forwarded wrote me, you. you forwarded it to me uh, as Grandmaster Sensei. But I want to, I want to actually frame this. This is, this is so gorgeous. It's so, so the Captain America, I didn't expect that. She mm-hmm. was just drawing the 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 Wonder Woman for me. Mm-hmm. The Captain America was like a freebie surprise because she <laughs> knows that I'm a huge Captain America fan. Yes, right. As it would be indicated by your shirt you're currently wearing. That I'm yeah yes. Captain America shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, like Chris Evans is the best Captain America ever. No one can be better than Chris Evans as Captain America. But this is such a this is such a she's such so talented and stuff like that. And this is going to sound really weird, but what I'm really impressed with armpits are hard to draw. And she drew Wonder Woman's armpits really well. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but isn't she originally from great... the Amazon? Maybe she should have like, you know, some some sort of uh, you know, maybe something growing there, you know, so it shouldn't be like baby smooth. Maybe just for accuracy. Don't be weird, dude. No. No, no, don't be weird okay. because she's also, be you know, weird. Like, you don't think that she has, like, shaving razors? Of course she does. She has, like, bulletproof wristbands and shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think this is this is fantastic artwork. And, yeah, she's really good at that. I also had, I also had a couple of other pieces of artwork that people sent me. So, you know what the thing is, though? I got to ask them, but I'm too lazy. So, I got to, I want to post these drawings that people send me. But they're not mine, so I don't know if if I should. Well, I should tag, ask them. Tag people on Instagram and just say, oh, "Yeah, yeah, I just got this yeah. photo in." But I don't. You know what the thing is? I don't want anyone to think that I did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, like especially for me, I'll look at an Instagram post. I don't read the post. I just look right. at the picture and and double tap if I like it. Sometimes well, I'm so stupid. Put, put the username right onto the picture. Mm-hmm. Like if you could just mm-hmm. do it like in text kind of right next to the picture and just that way yeah. immediately you see oh well there's a user handle there that's not him but that's the one mm-hmm. that did it 
Yeah. Yeah, so on the and also on the back she wrote what she used. Sakura Pigma Micron. So a lot of yes. a lot of comic book artists they use those micron pens. I love those pens. Yeah. You get some really fine detail with it. And the ink is almost immediately like not it, it immediately smudge proof almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a rich dark black too. So it's a very yeah. very, very good stuff. I like that. So I know a guy, he's a Marvel artist. His name is Chris Lee. He's at Crease C R E E E S Art on Instagram. He's a he's a Marvel comic book artist. He's been drawing for Marvel for a few years, several years. Professional comic book artist. He's excellent. As a matter of fact, He's this. I have a copy of number one of Tiger Division. Tiger Division. Yeah. Nice. By Marvel. So he actually signed it for me also. So this is about like a Korean superhero squad, which I thought was really cool. Never seen that before. In the '90s, when I collected comics, there was there was nothing like that. But that, that's from the '90s, or is that recent? No, this is this is recent. Um, so I mean, but when I collected comics, there was another. There was nothing. No, there was no title called Tiger Division. Okay, right. So, you know, he's really good at art, and I and I see him frequently at the Gray Cafe, and he's always there with like, not just one, but like a bazillion pencils and a bazillion micron pens, mm-hmm. and he uses cardstock, and he's sitting there just drawing and drawing and inking and stuff because he does pencils and then he does the inks. Nice. What I love about it is that he does it on actual, like, paper. And he uses actual pencil and he does actual ink. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of programs now where they use digital format. And I feel like that's cheating. Well, and I'm not... the colorists. The colorists, well, I think, no, this, I've these seen, days have been... I've seen... Yeah, like but the doing pencils and stuff. Okay, pencils. Yeah. So here's what happens: is like when I draw like a face, I might put the the fucking eye too low. They can just crop it out and raise it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so like you wouldn't have to start from scratch. You could just like move it up a little bit more and keep that nice eye that you accomplish. Yeah. And then they can do layers. So like first layer is rough pencils Mm -hmm. on the digital format. Second layer is darker. Third layer is inks, and then you can just move away the layers underneath it, which makes makes things look, you know, a lot cleaner and stuff like right. that. But I feel like that's a separate version of the same art, right? Like people drawing on with pencils on paper, paper stock, and then inking it out. I think that's a different talent and skill. And I'm not taking anything away from digital artists because if you put like, that tablet in front of me and asked me to draw something. First of all, I, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I can barely use an Apple Pencil. I have an Apple Pencil right here that I, I, I swear to God, I haven't used it in like... It's still in the almost, packaging. It's in almost a year because I don't know fucking how to use it. Yeah. Right? You would think and that then, like, oh, I could open up this app and just use Procreate and then just knock out a masterpiece. But no, you still need to know the basics of No. It's like you got to go to school to learn how to use the application... Yeah. And then you got to go to school to know how to draw so that you can use the application, yeah. right? No, but he he actually does them in pencil. This guy Chris Lee, he does these. Is uh, he's, he does them in pencil? Did you schedule him? Because are we interviewing him for the podcast? Yeah, so he agreed that he's he's willing to be on the podcast, okay. right? But there's stipulations. He typically, he typically says no to podcasts and stuff like that, but he doesn't want to do one online, so. 
we would have to do it in person. So then we'd have to figure out a way for us to make it convenient for him. Interesting. You know what I mean? So I was thinking about maybe the odd oink and Chris can have a road trip to Queens. So is he also in the area too? Yeah, that's why he's always at that coffee shop. Ah, okay. Yeah, and he's kind of a celebrity, so I'm not going to make him come to New Jersey. Right? Yeah. I guess, because that's where celebrities just, it's like, no. Yeah. So he's famous. He's, he's, He's really good at drawing. I was watching him draw, and I was just, it made me... It made me regret not pursuing my dream to be a comic book artist as a kid. Mm-hmm. I also had I that dream to. too. Yeah. I had a dream like that, yeah. But here's the thing, though. When I was talking to him, he doesn't use fountain pens or dip nibs for any of his artwork when he inks out. Okay. And the reason why is because what you were saying is that pen, when you use the micron and you press down onto the paper... Mm-hmm. it immediately becomes permanent and there's no smudging, which is important for him because after he inks it, he has to be able to erase it. And this, these are people, you know, these guys in the comic book industry drawing and stuff. I'm assuming that they're inundated with pages and pages of work by deadlines. Yes. I don't think they can afford the time to sit there and wait for their noodlers black to dry the way we write yeah. out a page of our thought sitting there waiting for it to dry. Because here's the thing. Let's say he waits 30 minutes, but that paper is really ink resistant, and then he erases and smears it, mm-hmm. fucked up all that work. And it yep. takes him about six, six to eight hours for a single page to be complete. Yeah. And it makes sense, because if you look at the intricacies of the artwork that he does, no detail is spared, right? Mm-hmm. Like the characters, the effects around the characters, the dust, the composition, a lot of thought goes into every single page. So it takes an entire workday to complete one page. Now, an average comic book has 22 pages, right? So that's 22 days worth of work, but I don't believe that that's enough work for someone to make a living off of. So they got to do several yeah. books They usually involve several different books at a time. Right, yeah. right. So as a result, they have to do maybe three books a month, four books, sometimes mm-hmm. five. So they're doing three to four pages a day. And they, they can't sit there and wait for their noodler's ink to dry off of a cardstock that they're using for comic books, right? Yeah. They need to be able to ink it out and then immediately erase it. And another reason why he didn't use he doesn't use dip pit dip pens or fountain pens is because he said that when he uses them for the purpose of art, sometimes the nib times get caught in the cardstock that he uses. Yeah. And then Splatter. if you it, it creates a little flicker, a yes. spatter of ink, and that could just fuck up your day. Well, unless, Imagine... unless that's something intended, which for certain effects, that would be pretty cool, like a blood splurting or, or like there's like water or something's like shooting yeah. out across the page. You would want to have that effect on there. But yeah, if you're but just it has doing to it be, regularly, no. It has to be intentional, right? Mm-hmm. And even if it is intentional, you can't really predict the spatter of ink out of a nib. Right. But that's well the enough. fun part about it is that it's not predictable. Yeah, but when you're when when it's a living and when it's your job and you have yes. deadlines and you have you know it's like if you screw 50, up this page, pages, you're gonna have to spend another six hours to put it all back together. You got to redo it all. It's like oh shit, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't use fountain pens because of that reason. But so then obviously we can't have him on the podcast because that just makes it that's a that's a non-starter right there. <laughs> no, but what my plan is 
is while we have him on the podcast, we're going to uh -oh. interview him as he's drawing, and we're going to ask him to use a fountain pen to ink, ink it and see what it looks like. So we're basically going to try to like convert him to using fountain pens. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fuck with his his work like that. But I just want to see what he does do mm -hmm. with fountain pens, right? Because I mean, listen, I love fountain pens, obviously, but they're not the solution to everything. Mm -hmm. They're not the solution to a comic book artist. Like professional comic book artists, they can't use fountain pens. Yeah. They used to use dip nibs, right? Right. But they don't do that anymore, I guess, because of micron pens and stuff like that. You can make very fine lines and you can do very detailed things with the micron pen. And also, too, is that they use they usually would also use brushes and India ink as well. So yeah, that be that was a traditional you know, thing with the, of the trade uh, was that. And also, too, is that he's kind of. I mean, I mean, I know that more artists these days are kind of like a full service, but usually in the comic book industry, you would have a penciler, you would have an inker, and then you would have a color yeah. artist. So usually and it would a letterer. be three of them. And a le a, yeah, a letterer too. So you would usually have multiple people working on a book because like you said, there's multiple books that have to go out every month. And sometimes an artist could be doing three to four books or whatever, depends on how popular they are or whatever jobs that they got going on. But he like usually the inker would just be just taking what's there on the pencils and then just putting ink over the top of it and they'd be using their variety of different skills and that's all they'd be doing all day which would just be putting ink but using the pencils as mm -hmm. not necessarily like a guide but just kind of going along with it and being like oh well the artist blacked out these areas so i'm just going to put like a even wash of black over it and then go mm -hmm. in with some paintbrush or or like a small micron pen pen sort of thing so it, it is it but it's it like i said i think it's kind of rare that they do more of that like with a penciler also being an inker but i think that's more of like a common thing these days as it was before yeah hey do you sell the micron pens at gold spot no no sakura is it, it's like a it's like a complicated business thing basically it would be it would be you would be competing against Amazon and Amazon I think pretty much has the the you know the best availability and the best prices for them so it's kind of like it's not really worth the uh, the the putting them on the website because it just would be blown out of the water by what Amazon could sell them for so oh, sometimes sucks. certain things like that just don't make it because of that reason it's just that it would just be completely like blown out of the water in terms of what people could buy it for on Amazon. So it's kind of, so you couldn't those. price them competitively enough. No, it's just, to, it would be insulting just, yeah. you know, just to have them on. The I'm site, so, you know? I'm so glad that fountain pen, like legit fountain pen manufacturers, they are on board with making sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Cause imagine if fountain pens, the same thing happened to fountain pens. You'd yeah. every fountain pen retailer, you pen chalet, Goulet, Gold spot, they'd have to shut down. Yeah, and right? some brands imagine... had gone primarily to Amazon and like a Parker Waterman or Fisher had at some point and or another also was selling direct to Amazon, and mm -hmm. they they everybody quickly finds out that Amazon all that Amazon interest is interested in is Amazon. They're not they don't care mm -hmm. about the vendors. They don't care about promoting product. They don't care about educating. They just want to sell commodities. 
So mm-hmm. if they're going to have a Parker pen and then another brand that makes a knockoff that's very similar, that's like 50, 75% cheaper, they're going to end up putting that out there because then people are going to want to buy that because it's a lot cheaper. But then what their response to it is, oh, well, then we'll just make the, the Parker cheaper. And it's just a race to the bottom from there. So it's like it's like yeah. they'll be selling everything cut rate discount. And then the vendors themselves really have no they have no recourse to be like, oh, well, you should be selling at this price because this is the minimum advertised price that all of our retailers sell it for. It's like Amazon's like, no, well, then you could just take all of your stuff back or we're just going to cancel your account or like. And when you get hooked on that um, quantity that Amazon can provide and that stream of revenue it's really hard to kind of pull yourself away from it. It's basically like putting all your eggs in one basket and, you know, being like having Amazon as your, as somebody who's bringing in that amount of cash flow. It's just, it's not, you just want to say no to it, but then at the same time, yeah, yeah, it's going to cost you. But you're, if you're a distributor or manufacturer or a brand realize when you get in bed with Amazon, you're getting in bed with the devil. And I'll tell you why. Because let's say I'm a manufacturer of pens. I make the the Penboy Roy Odd Oink Sausage Fountain Pen, and we make a whole product line of them. We sell to Goldspot, we sell to Goulet, we sell to Pen Chalet, and then we sell to Amazon. Amazon will buy 50% of our stock, right? The, the, the next 50 is distributed evenly among retailers. And you have all these rules. It doesn't, this is the MSRP. You can't discount it more than 20%. And all the retailers are following the rules. Then you turn around and you see Amazon selling it for 40% off. So you call up Amazon. And this has happened to manufacturers and distributors that I know. You know who they are as well. They'll call them up and be like, hey, listen, you can't do this. We agreed on this. You know what Amazon's representative will do? Okay, sue us. And they hang up on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Or right. also, too, is that, you know, that liberal return policy that Amazon has, which we yeah. all have, you know, have encountered one time mm-hmm. or another. And some people decide to do what's called Scamazon. And what that ends up, re- because everybody thinks that, oh, we're just dealing with Jeff Bezos here. But really, no. So if you're buying on Amazon and it's not like an Amazon product, it's usually coming from somewhere else. So it'll be coming from, let's say, like Parker, for example. And then what will happen is if somebody returns something and decides to, like, just take the pen out of the box and just send the box or destroy the pen, send it back used or just put something else entirely different in there, Amazon takes it back, refunds the customer and then expects the the vendor, whoever, Parker, whatever, just to suck it up and take the loss on it. And that's just what is what is Goldspot's name on Amazon? It's Market Fair Stationery. So, but right. So that's let me use that as an example. Yeah. Market Fair Stationery is Gold Spot Pen. Why do you guys have a different name on Amazon? Uh, it was a way, way back when. Uh, it's basically when I, I mean, like year two or three since I was working there, that um, Amazon had shut down the Gold Spot Pen's presence for some sort of infarction or whatever infraction. Um, uh, like due to the policy of not shipping something on time. So they say they keep, they keep all of their vendors very like strict with the shipping policy. So if you didn't, let's say mm-hmm. Mark, all of your items shipped and put a tracking number in there, 
then they'll give you strikes and eventually too many strikes or if they decide that they don't like your account they could just shut you down that's what it oh, ended so up you happening fucked up then. well it wasn't it wasn't me personally but like so right, no some but point, it was it was gold spot's fault at some at some point there was yeah i think there was something related to the shipping or whatever that it just they ended up shutting down the account but then another one was opened up in market fair uh stationary and then then it was good it's been good from then at that point on but they always keep you on a very short leash as far as making sure that all of the tracking numbers are all put in there and mm-hmm. that people are not complaining about your product. So if you get too many negative feedbacks, that's also counts against your account, but silly little things also like, Oh, well, you know, you're selling a counterfeit product. I'm like, where are you thinking that we're selling a counterfeit product? We're getting everything. So you, sometimes you have to send like bills of sale, like scan them in and send them. It's like, I bought it from the, manufacturer like we said we did and it just yeah it's it's a it's a huge huge headache and then you still get the issues of having to pay them between like 15 and 20 percent of what the product uh, of what the the amount that you get in terms of and then on top of that they send you product that's been broken used or whatever and then you know expect you just to take it on the chin so right so that's where i was going so if you buy on amazon and it's not shipped and sold by Amazon, and it's shipped by Amazon, sold by Mayf. What what's it called? Market Mayf Fair Theory? or like Market any of the Fair. other you know pet yeah. retailers that might You're, be also selling on Amazon. Yeah. So if you do that, like let's say you buy a pen off of Amazon, and it's sold by Mayfair Stationery, and then you get it, and you're like, you know what? I accidentally shoved it in my butt. I'm gonna send it back. You're sending back a pen and the vendor is taking a loss. Mm -hmm. But let's say it was shipped and sold by Amazon. Amazon, they don't care. They'll just take it and throw it in the trash and give you the refund. Mm -hmm. They really don't care. Well, also too, the distinctions are very, are very delicate. Like there's so, so there's shipped and sold by Amazon, but there's also fulfilled by Amazon, which is actually not the same because what happens is retailers like Goldspot or market fair stationary, could send products to Amazon to then be fulfilled by Amazon so it gets to the customer quicker and you also don't have to worry about shipping it yourself. So that would work for high volume type items. So like mm. let's say refills or, or small like inexpensive pens, like whatever could sell a lot of volume that you wouldn't mm. want to ship directly yourself. So you could send a batch of whatever to Amazon fulfill and then they ship it out. So that, but then you're also on the hook for it if, let's say, Amazon loses your inventory, gets it messed up, gets it mixed up with other people who are sending the same SKU, or that it gets the same thing with Scamazon where somebody buys it, breaks it, sends it yeah. back. So you're still on but the hook for all that stuff. I also hear, like, if I'm a, a vendor and you're a vendor, and we're both selling Lamy 2000s, for example, we ship Amazon my your stock and my stock of two separate stocks of Lyman 2000s like yeah. my 50 pieces and your 50 pieces right they don't separate them they no, just they throw they them just all into them. one mm-hmm. all into one big Lamy 2000 bin and it could be your stock right and i could it doesn't have, sent, have to be i could have decided to send not the right item too or like right. the wrong item could be in the box yeah so right yeah so that's that's not good so i mean I, I can't see the benefit as a vendor like Goldspot no, to use 
Amazon. It's something that, so the overall strategy in the years that I've been there, which is now over 15, has has been has moved from trying to be omni-channel where you have like eBay, Amazon, and be like all, all over the place. Like remember Jet.com? I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. Mm. Uh, but like the Walmart has its own marketplace too. So they try to be everywhere all at once because then if somebody's shopping on one channel versus another, you could still get the order. But I think more mm. now that the, since we had seen what happens when you really go to bed with Amazon and seeing the 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 way that they exploit the people that they work with that it's been like let's just try to have it where we could have our own brand and people come to Goldspot exclusively to get their stuff because we have well, full control over how we show the product, how we ship the product, how it's mm -hmm. received and we receive the most benefit from it because like I said you end up giving out that 15 to 20 percent which is huge you know yeah to, to well that. can i share my experience back in the day before i got involved with you or dawn okay. at gold spot so i bought fountain pen stuff i can't remember what it was from amazon and it was through amazon that i discovered gold spot pens i think i think this was even way before before this was before I even spoke to you or Don, mm -hmm. right? So what happened was I I purchased some refills, I think it was through Amazon, thinking it was just Amazon. Then I get a package in the mail that was from Gold Spot Pens. Mm -hmm. That happened like two or three times until I'm like, why am I buying it off of Amazon? Let me just yeah. buy it directly from Gold Spot Pens. Let me see this Gold Spot Pens website. So I looked up Gold Spot Pens website. And I'm like, oh, look at this semi-balding guy who has really terrific handwriting. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. This is even before I started doing my own videos and stuff. So I'm like, all right, so I guess I'm going to just go directly here. Because I had some inkling of an idea that if I buy from Amazon, yes, I'm helping out your business. But at the same time, I feel like they're taking a lot. They're taking their pound of flesh. Yeah. And you're like 140 pounds. You don't have a pound of flesh to spare. So that's when I just way that's off when on that one. <laughs> yeah. So then I called up. I made a bunch of purchases on on goldspot.com, and then I I also found that my deliveries from Goldspot directly came faster mm -hmm. than if I bought it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. it, it was uh, maybe that maybe that's not true. Maybe it was just in my head. But I remember I like I buy it from Goldspot. I get it like in a day I buy it on Amazon and I get it in like two days hmm. right I don't know why so then I was like but I have questions about this pen let me call and see if there's an actual person on the other line yeah and that's when I first interacted with Dawn yeah who is retired and is living the dream mm -hmm. so that's when I realized oh shit gold spot is Real is people. yeah like there's actual people there and stuff like that and then, then I started like you know buying more stuff from Gold Spot as well as from Goulet, right? Mm -hmm. And what I loved about Goulet as a retailer is the amount of content they put up on the internet for me to watch and learn, right? Right. So my thing was this: if I watched a video and Brian Goulet is saying, "Hey, check out this pen. This is what we got this week. This, that, and the other thing. It has this." This is great about it, yada, yada, yada. 
then I would buy it from Goulet Pens. I feel like, I feel like he earned the sale by convincing me through this video. Right. Right. And then if I watched one of your videos at the time were terrible, Thanks. if I watched one of those and I got convinced, then I would buy it from Goldspot. Goldspot yeah. That's how I decided where I'm going to buy the pen that I bought from. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I, then it started to get, I started getting deeper and deeper into the hobby and I found that I had to, I had to buy pens that one would have, but the other one didn't. Mm -hmm. That started making my decisions and stuff like that. But all this to say, I actually found Goldspot and learned about Goldspot, I think, Amazon. because of Amazon. Yeah. I think, you know, my, my memory is kind of shot, but I remember there was a moment where I'm like, this thing is coming from Goldspot. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to order it on Amazon anymore. I'll just go to Goldspot. Yeah. Because the shopping experience for fountain pen stuff is definitely way more fun on Goldspot's website than it is on Amazon, oh, right? Yeah. Shopping for something on Amazon is just not yeah, fun. Unless you know what it, exactly what it is that you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, you have There's to no know what you're looking that. for. Yeah. Right, right. So there, you know, and a lot of lot of the stuff that Goldspot has on the website, same thing with Brian Goulet. There's always a link to a video that you're yeah. talking about the same stuff, right? Which is which is great. So, but having said that, I'm like, I'm, I'm villainizing Amazon, but meanwhile, I have the yes, Amazon. Yes, I was actually going to bring it back you, to that you, point. You, it's you, like we opened up yeah. with you talking about how you, you know, bought the Kindle on Amazon. Now we're, yeah. now we're trashing Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, though, like I used to have a Nook. Right. Do you remember the Nook? It was the yeah, same thing. It was like them, a, but you know, but Barnes get out of here. Do they really they do? They like, and the Barnes and Noble that's nearby me, they still have them out there, but I wouldn't mm. get that because I, I really don't feel that. I mean, Barnes and Noble, I think will be around still for a while, but mm -hmm. I don't feel that there's going to be that much support around a Nook versus a Kindle. I would, I think. Yeah. 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 Got more legs. That's why, that's why also I, you know, I got this, I was looking at nooks, but everything is discontinued or refurbished or renewed. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't, you know, I don't want an electronic to be refurbished or renewed, you know? So, yeah. but anyway, listen, we got to talk more pens next time. <laughs> it's about that time. We got to, we got to start wrapping this one up. So that was episode number 171 of kind of just mumbo jumbo, but thanks <laughs> for joining the, us. Of the shit on Amazon podcast. <laughs> right. Join you next start week off more not shitting on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the beginning, we started off nice. We're like, yeah. oh, this is a great ebook reader. I'm enjoying it. I'm actually going to go to the pool. Yes. And trying to, like, even out this farmer's tan that I have. Like, look at my forearm. My forearm is, like, dark. And my, like, my upper arm is, like, super, like, light. Yes. Right? It's weird. Gotta, so gotta, I'm going to even that out. You got to darken up that white meat. Yeah. I'm, like, like Casper. Yeah, Chris with Buck. hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to actually take this with me because it's water, water resist. It's yeah. IPA X8 IPA or something X6 like that. Where it can, or something like that, yeah. Whatever. It can be underwater up to... Whatever for for an hour. I'm not going to do that because yeah. I can't read underwater for more than an hour because yeah. I can't breathe underwater right. for more than an hour. And it, it also so, but I will take it to the chlorine and everything. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But I am going to like read it while I'm out there. Yeah, awesome stuff. Enjoy. Yeah. I downloaded I downloaded the unabridged version of Horton Hears a Who. Oh, nice. So that'll take me about a week. The right? pop ups don't work though. So <laughs> right, that's the only problem. That's yeah. the only problem. And comic books don't work, which kind of sucks. Yeah. As it's going you know, to but you know, white, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, all right. that's all we have for this week. Thanks again for joining us. I love you guys. Be well, be safe. Stay